Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York at the time that you get to hear this episode. We'll have done improv two weeks ago, and it will have been fabulous. Uh, we killed it. Yeah, we did. You were awesome. Thank you. I tried. I can't believe I fucking did a backflip. I was really impressed. And uh, how's that brace treating you? Are you able uh, to walk to the restroom yet? Um, I am. It's very clanky. Uh, I got uh, very much of a Herman Munster uh, gait mm-hmm. to my walking now, but you know what? It's worth it. Worth it. Yeah, I heard, apologize for the sledgehammer to the ankles. I just really committed to the misery bit. It, it happened. It had to be done. As everybody can hear, Chelsea's back on the show with us, and it's always a pleasure to have the proper co-host. Not a knock on any of the interim co-hosts that we've had on the show um just a dang chelsea hello chelsea hello i am happy to be back i i know my my returns are sporadic but they they are what they are mm-hmm. life gets in the way sometimes and if the past nearly three fucking years haven't taught you that life gets in the way then you've not been paying attention <laughs> that is a very good point and i you know the the uh, the guest co-hosts they're cool i guess i'm sure y'all are enjoying them but you know god i hate them oh i'm not on mute (laughs) that's Uh, false (laughs) i know i'm doing a bit i'm doing a bit yeah you've talked to some of them you've performed with some of them had a good time uh with some of them um you don't hate them you just uh you just wish life weren't getting in the way so that you can be here talking your shit exactly exactly but they're they're fabulous they're fabulous people but you're here talking your shit now and we're going to talk a lot of shit (laughs) Uh, hopefully good on a film that's rather polarizing by the time this episode drops hopefully everyone has seen halloween ends that wants to see it um, if you haven't, I recommend it. Do it. If, if, if you like the Halloween, you should watch this movie. Um, some of the people that like the Halloween have watched this movie and they didn't like this movie. But uh, I respectfully disagree. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first of all, I agree with you. For people who are thinking about watching it and you've already watched the other two, just finish it. Just watch it. Like, just to get some closure. Um It'll be an interesting type of closure, but it's closure. Uh, but yeah, uh, Rick and I saw it um, with his girlfriend two, no, just last weekend. Um, and it was, it, I knew going into it, I saw tweets before I was able to mute the words Halloween ends. I saw tweets that were like, this movie is not going to be what you expect. And it takes a hard left turn in the first half hour a very hard left turn and they were not wrong so I went in knowing something was going to happen and that Michael was also not going to be in it much because I saw some tweets complaining about that um but I still didn't expect what I got it was I don't know I I initially when I walked out of the theater as Rick knows I at first was like I didn't like that like I I was not on board, but then, you know, Rick and his girlfriend and I talked about it a bit more over drinks and then uh, texting about it. And my sister watched it and we talked about it. She didn't like it. 
Um, and I don't know, I, I didn't love it. I'm appreciating more and more about it. I do kind of want to rewatch it, but I'll also say before I let, you know, Rick summarize, do his fun summary of the film, um, or start his summary, uh, I'm still in the camp of, I really liked Halloween kills and I don't understand why it gets so much hate. It was such a fun movie. Anyway, that's meaning mean, ends rather. No, um, I love Halloween Kills. Okay, cool. No, yeah. Halloween Kills gets hit. I like that one too. Yeah, Twitter hates it. And I don't understand why. I thought it was so fun because everybody was like, Halloween Ends was so bad. It made me like Kills. And I'm like, what? Anyway. Uh, be, because Twitter would be my guess. Um, yeah. as, as, as listeners know, I, I try to go in cold. I heard previews in theaters, but that's when I look uh, lovingly into my bag of popcorn mm-hmm. and sprinkle some Old Bay on it so it gets a little extra kick. Um, I did not want to see Jack shit prior to going into this uh, movie, so I avoided as much as possible for David Gordon Green's last installment uh, in Haddonfield. And the movie opens with Corey playing by, being played by Rowan Campbell, uh, who's just a teenage male babysitter going to watch some kid on Halloween night uh, one year after the events of uh, the previous two films. So that would make it Halloween 2019 at that point. And, you know, parents go out. He's watching uh, John Carpenter's The Thing uh, with his uh, young charge there who's being a little shit, locks him in the attic. Uh, and, and Rowan's trying to get out, trying to get out, busts open the door. Uh, it hits the child in the face. And as his par- the, the kid's parents are coming home, that kid drops down the space between a stairwell and splats on the fucking living room floor. Maybe it's not the living room. Maybe it's just the hallway, whatever. But basically the kid's fucking dead. Uh, parents are freaked out. Corey did it. It was an accident, but you know his parents aren't really going to see it that way, understandably so. They're grieving, and then we kick over to the title card, and the title card is in the Halloween three season of the witch font, mm-hmm. and I pop because that lets me know where, and it should let the audience know we're not going to give you what you expect like season of the witch didn't i'm along in the tooth motherfucker so i hated halloween 3 season of the witch when it came out for the same reason most people did at that time there's no michael myers fuck this then i got old and i gave it another shot years later thanks in part to darcy the male girl championing it and you know what it ain't bad. It's a pretty good movie standing by itself with great music and weird effects and Tom Atkins. It's very of the 80s, but it is enjoyable. So I'm like, all right, you're not going to give me what I want here, but I may end up wanting what you're going to give me. So I'm locked in and enjoying the movie. So what did you think of that opening, Chelsea? Um. Well, your opening as always, that was a fantastic summary of the beginning of the film. I'm in a complimenting mood today, so enjoy it. Um, <laughs> hey, 
this is a new and different Chelsea Manning thing. Usually she's calling me an idiot or lamenting uh, about my reaction to her confessions of her deepest, darkest fears. That was a conversation held recently. I know. <laughs> I know when I was like, there was only, you know what? No, let me talk about that really quickly. Then I'll say the beginning or of what I thought of the beginning of the movie. We were talking and I was like, there was only one time I was ever genuinely mad at Rick. And I wasn't, I, I still say that in jest. I've never genuinely been upset with Rick, but I was just like, really? Um, when I was watching- <laughs> Your feelings are valid, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street too and texting Rick. And I told Rick, one of my biggest- fears is being trampled in a crowd and we because we were watching snakes on a plane and that started happening on the plane um I was like oh god I that actually gives me anxiety but I texted Rick saying uh you know I I this is one of my biggest fears and all I get back is it can happen and I'm like yeah <laughs> I know it's just I don't know why that response. I think I could also picture Rick just saying that, just going, it can happen. It, because <laughs> it can. I deal in truth and it's why I'm not popular. And I, and, and I realized, you know, when it upset you, I'm like, no, she's looking for reassurance, but I'm also- and I didn't get it at all. <laughs> I'm not lying either. So I don't, I don't think either of us are wrong no. in that uh, exchange. But, uh, and your reaction was correct. Like this motherfucker just <laughs> confirming that my fear lies within the realm of possibility. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it just sticks with me. It was years ago and it's, it's too funny to me. But anyway, um, so yeah, when the beginning of Halloween ends started, what an interesting way to put it, but um, with the babysitting, I was like, Oh, or we must be getting a new main character. I just knew that that uh, older guy just felt he was going to be Corey, older guy. Why am I calling him that? Anyway, I knew Corey was going to be in the movie the rest of the time. And um, I didn't think the kid was going to die, even though we've had kids die in this franchise. Like that little boy in the truck died in um, the first Halloween from 2018. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a kid died in, um, oh, I, I know for sure one of those bullies died in Halloween Kills because Michael was wearing, holding his like bloody mask. Um, yeah, those so, three kids in the park that uh, yeah. were fucking with Big John and Little John to jack all day candy. Yeah, exactly. So they got what they deserved um but I don't know why I just didn't think the kid was gonna die definitely not in that way and the whole theater it was a great movie to see in the theater because the theater's breath you could just feel everyone stop breathing and gasp it was um I love those theater moments uh so I was in I, I was like that was a really great opening and then the um I've seen season of the witch I've only seen it once I should probably watch it again um, I liked it. I never watched it when I was younger because I always skipped it since Michael wasn't in it. And I just, you know, like you said, Rick, everybody didn't like it because there was no Michael. So naturally my mom and I, and my friends and I would just skip it in our marathons because four and five is so much better. Um, <laughs> so, um, and six. Uh, and so I didn't pick up on the Halloween three font at first. I just wasn't thinking about it, um, but it did feel different 
like with the pumpkins turning inside out or into each other and, and that font is like we're about to get a trippy film my thing with it as as you move forward rick in in the plot um the pacing just felt incredibly uneven to me like it just took a little while for us to get anywhere and um that's probably my biggest issue like I wish kills came in earlier um maybe that's just me loving Michael killing like you know that's that's something I love about the movie so it really is a personal preference uh but I I was just like dear god I I get it <laughs> like a lot of these scenes that we're building up one thing and Rick when you get into this I don't understand how and trauma works in different ways. So, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't, but Lori became this, you know, badass survivalist, but also incredibly closed off alcoholic um, mm -hmm. uh, woman from her initial attack in 78 with Michael um, that uh, took over her life and understandably so um therapy works guys but uh, it definitely does it works and maybe this is why she was better in this one maybe she's been in therapy but um michael had been uh locked up for for you know that however 40 years like 40 i was like i can't count it's too early um for 40 years so she had i'm not going to say she had nothing to fear but i think it's fascinating that um he wasn't caught and he killed her daughter at the end of kills yet she was able to get to the point where she decorates for halloween and makes pumpkin pie and is very chill i just thought i was like damn he's still out there though you would think it almost be backwards <laughs> like like he would you would be closed off because he's still out there but you know, I could be being nit nitpicky right now, but I'm I'm jumping all over the place. So Rick, no, I I, I I see what you're getting at, and I did not consciously think about it until you mentioned it. But that makes sense to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Haven't been in therapy, and also having known people that have had uh, trauma in their lives or just generational trauma in their lives or being conditioned to be fearful uh, mm -hmm. that kind of takes over you i'm projecting a lot that kind of takes over <laughs> and your world gets willfully small and you try to control so many aspects and then hopefully and it might take something extreme to do that hopefully you realize that's not actually living and it's never too late to turn your shit around uh or maybe get a second chance so i interpret it as lawyer realizes her daughter's gone she fucked that up she's never going to be able to make it right so let's flip it if we can with her granddaughter allison played by andy matichek i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh and like all right let's do the things that i missed out on because uh there's a line by a band called firewater that i love and I, i've thought about a lot during this pandemic uh you know even though we're still not completely out of it um and 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 crawling out and doing things socially you know responsibly wearing masks i've got all my boosters but the line is i figured out life's for the living 
at least for a while. So, you know, it, and, and another line by the butthole surface, it's better to regret something you did than something you didn't do. So sometimes you just got to roll with the thing. You got to do the thing. You got to live the life. You got to make the memory because our tomorrows aren't guaranteed. Give people their fucking flowers while they're in front of you or try to make changes while you still have time to make the changes. There's a lot of people fear change and that's why they they stay in what makes them feel comfortable and you're missing out on a lot of shit that way you're gonna um, make me cry i love the give the give flowers while the people are in front of you that's a really nice line you do that a lot to me um and then call me an idiot but i, know. <laughs> but I get it it's, yeah yeah tell the people that you love them that you love them don't like lose somebody and go you know what i should have fucking told them more yeah. uh, but anyway but yeah back to your thing originally as uh this movie when we come back from the title cards it's now four years after the events of halloween and halloween kills bringing it to the present of 2020 uh and uh, laurie is working on a memoir of uh the entire mikey myers experience Corey is i assume out on if not probation, then just out from whatever justice involvement is. And he's working in like, I don't want to say stepdad, but perhaps mom's boyfriend's junkyard. And he's being bullied by some local kids that are actually fucking younger than him. Band geeks. Weird. Yeah, band geeks that he won't buy beer for. So they decide, well, this is my enemy. Um, and yeah, we don't get to kills right away. And again, that's in the, the season of the witch kind of mm -hmm. thing, which I found refreshing because, you know, I love the slasher genre, always have, always will. But when you get several sequels deep, you're being introduced to characters and they're not developed because they ain't going to be around long. If they are developed, it's usually the cunt character that you want to see them get their comeuppance uh and they last a little bit longer than uh the sexy people that you're going to see naked uh and really that's all they're there for so going through Corey's uh re-emergence into the world the perception of him of he killed this kid accident or no that's going to follow you around in this little town. Some people might be cool about it. Some people may hold that grudge and hold it against you. That's understandable. But it's making me care about this character. When Laurie meets him in the parking lot and kind of uh, cajoles him into slashing his bully's tires, takes him to meet Allison, who's working in a... Uh, medical facility to get his hand stitched up because now Lori's a matchmaker now. Love's important. Uh, you know, you even see her kind of having not a flirtation, but I guess uh, uh, a sharing of a moment to use a Kevin Smith term with uh, Frank, uh, yes. the, the police officer from the previous two films played by Will Patton. It's like, yeah, life's for the living. So let's see where this goes. And that's when I realized Halloween Ends is kind of a love story. There was a lot of romance in Halloween Ends that I thought was interesting. Notice romance, not 
just sex, which is a departure from the slashers I grew up on. That is very true. Um, yeah, and I found, I, I see a lot of the main criticisms of Halloween ends, and there's a lot uh, out there, um, is the love story between Corey and Allison. Um, I didn't mind it. It, it felt believable to me because I think, you know, she's had a traumatic experience, especially with how she lost her last boyfriend. Cameron, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and Corey's cute. He's cute. He's a little damaged. He's a little shy and awkward, but he has something about him. If I was her age, I'd be into it. So there was nothing about that that was unbelievable to me. I do really hate when, you know, this is going to make me sound very hypocritical because I was just accusing like <laughs> Lori of doing it, of how she was recovering. But the way you put it makes very much sense. Very much sense. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Um, <laughs> makes very much sense. Um, what was I saying? I grew up but, around people whose, whose English was not their first language. I'm so just broken. That, I'm, used, I'm used to that. It's okay. The point came across. Um, thank you. Uh, I don't like when people take characters like Allison and you can say like Lori or any final girls or girls in general who have been through something traumatic. And when they do move on, especially when it comes to romance and sex, uh, I've seen audiences not really accused, but like criticize it because they think, how can she still want to do that? We're like, you mean she watched her boyfriend die and a few years later, she's into this boy after one day. It's almost like you're making that traumatic thing define them and they can't do what girls in their early twenties and late teens do. Um, which is fall for the awkward kid on a motorcycle <laughs> like that can that can happen so uh, I found uh, it very believable oh you mean that I thought you meant like that what want you know love or sex or intimacy or companionship with somebody where human it feels good <laughs> exactly so it's like the her being you know violently attacked and um almost killed by Michael does not define her. She can, she can have sex with this guy. If she wants, she can go to a Halloween party still like this does not define her. So, so I thought it was believable and I didn't, I didn't mind that aspect at all because I was like, these are two very uh, well-known people in the town for very different reasons. Um, and I liked the parallel. I don't know if it was intentional of when Lori leaves the grocery store and um, we find out that uh, that woman uh, who got stabbed in the neck with a with a light, with one of those fluorescent lights uh, mm -hmm. in Halloween Kills is actually alive. And I was like, oh, um, her sister is sees Lori smiling. She's like, how can you be smiling? You know, because you taunted this man you're the one who brought him into this and now my sister's husband is dead and she can't you know walk or or what whatever she said um you get that and then also at the halloween party you get the mother of the little boy that dies at the beginning saying a similar thing to Corey, 
saying, oh, you can, you can just go out and smile and have fun and party. Um, how dare you after what you did? So I thought that was an interesting parallel. Um, so I, yeah, I didn't mind him and his connection to Lori and Allison. I thought it was pretty believable. Because mm -hmm. also with Allison and time uh, between Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, uh, we see her get pulled over by a cop, Officer Mullaney, played by Jesse C. Boyd. And, and he's like, hey, you haven't been calling me. So clearly they had uh, some kind of uh, personal relationship where Allison's not really into. And again, I interpret that as that made sense. She hooked up with a cop uh, probably during her grieving process in order to feel safe and then realize, I don't like this motherfucker. He's also and like 40 and ugly. No offense to that actor. I wasn't going to say 40. Certainly significantly older uh, than this young lady. Maybe early 30s. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe it was, you know, his weirdo look. But yeah, didn't look right. Didn't seem fun. So to, to go with Corey, you know, like uh, a lot of young women in their 20s. And uh, I'm thankful for the ones that uh, thought I can fix him. Um, didn't. But I appreciate the attempts. <laughs> and yeah, you you have to, I, I can, again, project on myself in looking for the right partner. I would, being an extreme person, I would string from, swing from the crazy gal to the normal gal, back and forth, back and forth until I found the one that's straddling the line of crazy yep. and normal. <laughs> I'm not saying beautiful ladies always right in the head, but she's just right for me. Oh. So yeah, that thing and that tension uh, with uh, Corey of Officer Mulaney feeling somewhat entitled to Allison as law enforcement sometimes will because the laws they enforce don't always apply to them. If you look in the grand scheme of things, um, he ends up after a while chasing Corey down into kind of a sewer pipe. And there was an incident where like Corey accidentally stabbed a homeless dude that was in there and Corey had seen Michael Myers and he encourages uh, the chase into the sewer. And that's where uh, Michael's been living down there. And I thought it was somewhat derivative of Stephen King's It, and I thought maybe that's where they're going. That Haddonfield itself is the evil, the way Derry is it, and the larger scale and the history of that fictional town. Um, it's not. It's just uh, where he's been living and uh, pooping and hanging about for four years, because, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I didn't care for that. I think one of, um, but I also don't know how you would, how you would do it. I think these movies got themselves, the writers put themselves in a little bit of a, wrote themselves in a corner, I guess I would say, um, because I felt after rewatching 2018 Halloween and Halloween Kills, and then I'll I'll rewatch this one before uh, Halloween as well. Um, 
I felt like they couldn't decide if they wanted him to be supernatural or not because we kept going from he's just a man to well the more he kills he transcends as mm-hmm. as uh Lori put it back to you're just a man um and you know you have to do something to explain why he keeps living especially after Halloween kills too when he got like almost curb stomped on that stairs uh, that staircase mm-hmm. and like uh hit in the back with a pitchfork and all of the things that happened to him he but, got yeah. housed yeah exactly and um so that that's something that that bothers me because then i'm like how the hell was he living down there and then um but he's supernatural there's something about him that's not natural um and (laughs) one thing i thought and it could have been the wine uh was when he first starts choking Corey. It could have been the one. It could have been the one when he first starts choking Corey, who was like, are they about to switch bodies? Because <laughs> like, the way that he was looking, like Corey's like flashbacks were coming back. Yeah. I was the, the, like, is that what's about to happen? <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. I thought that too. I'm like, are we going to do like a Jason oh, goes to hell thing? Because <laughs> like, I really With- thought we were about to. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Which is a movie I greatly dislike. Uh, but yeah, that that wasn't that. So that's open to interpretation as to why, uh, in in layperson's terms, Michael takes on an apprentice, and Corey starts uh, going out and learning how to kill. He ends up uh, killing one of Allison's co-workers and the doctor that she works for while in a mask, and Michael helps with that. Uh, and, and, and you see throughout the film kind of people describing going down a dark path. The father of the boy Corey killed is talking to Lori in a bar uh, as, as we approach Halloween night. And it's like, I, I, you know, I saw Corey. I was going to forgive him. And I looked in his eyes and I'm like, this isn't that good kid that I knew he's going down a dark path so it it brings about the question of uh, the nature of evil uh, can Corey perhaps actually find redemption and maybe I'm reading a little too deep into this uh, but having been just as involved myself you know your worst moment isn't really something always that needs to be hanging on you you can work past it It takes a lot of work and most people aren't going to do that and and you got to take it case by case in a way if someone does something say when they're 18 19 something like that uh can they turn it around by the time they're 45 i think uh absolutely will the people that they harmed uh, want to give them a pass? Absolutely not, and that makes sense. But uh, for people, uh, the, the the dad makes this point: they took my tragedy and grief and made it their own, and that will that. happen a lot uh, within uh, things, and and a lot of outrage for shit that never happened to you i mean i can empathize but i'm not going to 
uh, jack someone's trauma for my own righteous indignation. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe that wasn't uh, anybody's intention in making the film. No, I think you're right. I, two points there. One, no, I think you're right. I don't think you're reading too much into it, especially because there's that line later that we'll of course get into where Corey says to Lori something of the of the same vein of um, you should have given in. It's it's so much easier. He says something like that. I can't remember what it is, but um, he said he tells. Nor can I. But but it's something similar to that, and it is that's the easier road is like just giving into it and not doing the work you're talking about and recovering. Your recovery should never be based off getting the person's forgiveness. Like that's that shouldn't be what you're working towards because you shouldn't expect their forgiveness it's their right to not forgive you you should work to forgive yourself um is what i would say um my second point i loved 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 in the movie when the dad said that about like they took my tragedy and made it about them and made it theirs um one of my biggest uh i don't know if it's a pet peeve it's just more so something that i find incredibly annoying is um thoughts and prayers Yes. On, on social media. And Anthony Jeselnik, the comedian, made a really great joke about thoughts and prayers. I think that's what a stand up special is actually called and how much he gets annoyed by that because it's really the person going, don't forget about me. <laughs> like, don't don't forget about me in this situation. And I'm doing something really nice when it's it's just it's not genuine at all. I'm sure there are some people that do genuinely mean it, but there's still something there that's not genuine if you're taking the time to post it on social media. No, um, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think some people think it's genuine, but in the grand scheme of things, you're throwing intangible solutions at tangible problems. Mm -hmm. and, and, and putting the attention on you mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, like, like I'm contributing this thing that's not actually going to solve what's wrong, but I did something. It made me feel good. It gave me that. I don't know. I don't know what the chemical is that makes you feel good uh, inside, but it's releasing that when I say this thing. Yeah, it's um. so it's it's definitely something that I feel Haddonfield was doing with being angry about that kid's death. Like you can be angry about it, but um to take it as it's something that happened to you and reacting as if it happened to you and um not allowing the actual people affected by the situation to grieve or recover in whatever way they want um is a problem so that's something that i really appreciated in the movie and i don't think you read too much into it at all i think that was the intention oh uh, shucks Maybe it'll be on the DVD commentary. Yes, I will be buying the DVD when it comes out. I'm a completist. Moving on. So Corey tries to convince Allison we need to get the fuck out of Haddonfield. Uh, they're bright young dreams. Uh, perhaps it'll be a new Bonnie and Clyde thing. Uh, like, you know, like she never got with her previous uh, boyfriend from the other films. And, uh, you know, but he has to 
he's got unfinished business like men in movies do. So he's going to take out his bullies. And one of them actually takes out his mom's boyfriend that runs the junkyard, uh, Ronald, played by Rick Moose. That's an appropriate name because <laughs> this guy, good hearted dude, sympathetic for his uh, girlfriend's son, even though their relationship kind of bordered on a in a living Mrs. Bates kind of way. Yeah, he had a wackadoodle girlfriend. Let me tell you that. Come yeah. On. Uh, and and everybody gets taken out, and then we get to uh, the first showdown. Uh, well, actually, before that, we'll go to the previous showdown of Allison telling Lori, like, I'm leaving. Fuck you. Uh, and, and Lori is justifiably despondent. She's losing her granddaughter the way she's... She lost her daughter. Not the direct way, but we see her, like, wandering the house. She gets a pistol. She goes into her little writing room and calls 911 about a suicide. And we're seeing a POV shot. We've seen that before in this franchise. Hear a gunshot, door pushes open. Like, you really thought I was going to kill myself, motherfucker? Boom, there's Lori taking her shots at Corey. We see a pumpkin shot to shit. She's, she's prepared. She's prepared to protect Allison. What you think of that part? I loved it. At first, it didn't dawn on me that she was uh, setting a trap with the with the suicide because I was like, "Damn, Lori, really?" Like I was just kind of, I was kind of annoyed. Um, and then I realized, you know, as we were getting uh, closer to that showdown, and um, as she was putting like her sweater on the on the chair, I was like, "Oh wait, no, this is this is a trick." Um, so, so I enjoyed that aspect. Um, her, her daughter, or sorry, her granddaughter leaving or wanting to leave it, it again, this made sense to me. It made sense that, you know, she fell hard for this boy really quick and both of them, you know, have traumatic experiences in the town. Um, so it, yeah, the, none of that stuff. I, so many people complained about it. I was like, that's not really the stuff that bothered me. I didn't, I didn't mind that. Um, you are very right about the Norm, Norman Bates situation with, uh, with Corey's mother. When she kissed him on the lips, I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is going on? Um, I feel like there's probably some deleted scenes there with that mom that makes her even, even crazier. Um, and so yeah, I, I loved it. It was a great way to kind of get to the final final showdown. I will say, and it's unfortunate because sometimes it's hard to avoid trailers when you're in the theater. You can look down like Rick, like you do. I don't know. Are you like, do you just like disassociate and not listen? Yeah. Well, I try to tone it out. Uh, what I could clearly hear was that there would be a showdown between Michael and Lori. I mean, because also that is what the audience wants. And if Halloween is going to end, as mm -hmm. the title implies, and Michael is on the poster, that's bound to happen. I mean, yes, I've seen it before. Halloween 2, uh, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, so it's like, you know, I, it, it's kind of like pro wrestling. Like I've seen this match before. What can they do differently this time? Um, so 
once I saw it was Corey in the house and not Michael, I'm like, all right, this movie's not over yet. But they did something awesome. And, and Corey is like, you know what? If I can't have Allison, neither can you. And he stabs himself in the neck. Uh, and Lori picks up the knife. Allison runs in sees her grandmother standing over her bloody boyfriend and you're like oh Corey fucking won in the sense that yeah Lori's not dead but part of her now is Allison just like that is severed you're not going to be able to explain that and uh, it could be perceived as you know Lori's the problem that caused all of this and off she runs and then now we get the showdown we were waiting for. Michael's coming in. I like that the uh, wardrobe and the set designers tried to make it look like an updated version of that climactic conflict from the 1978 original with the color schemes and replicating certain shots. And it's like, okay, we're gonna do the stabbing with the need knitting needle, but it's gonna be a little bit different. But this time, Lori's not just a teenage babysitter. She is the Sarah Connor of the new millennium in a way, <laughs> in that like she's badass, she's gonna throw down, she's not going out without a fight. Even though at times during this conflict, it's like, all right, I, I'm not expecting to survive. I'm just looking to end you. And, and I liked that all or nothing uh, fight choreography where Michael's still getting his licks in as Lori's getting hers. And even in true slasher form, when he's ostensibly pinned with stabs through his hands on the, the, the kitchen island and he rips his hand out, he's like, he's still going down fighting to uh, choke Lori out and then Allison comes in for the rescue and breaks Michael's fucking arm so that Lori can you know after having cut his throat can now cut his wrist as well and I'm thought how come me and my grandmother never got to have any fun adventures <laughs> where we stabbed a monster <laughs> bonding but again I, I, I'm I, I miss my grandmother but you know I went to therapy to deal with that grief and that's okay maybe one day I'll have a nice dream about that but yeah, uh, Michael's almost at the, the proper end of the story. I like that in the removal of the mask, uh, we didn't see uh, his, his proper face as, uh, as it appeared now. I like what they did with shadow and lighting and James Jude Courtney playing the shape, even though uh, Nick Castle was there for some of it in this... Uh, weird reincarnation of of michael myers like okay now we're coming to the 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 end of this what did you think of that fight so the first thing um when when Corey stabs himself and it looks like you know Lori did it and allison walks in some of that felt pretty half-baked and rushed to me because allison was rightfully angry but I feel like the whole pacing of 
Allison being angry, you know, leaving, being upset with Lori, and then being going back to the house felt very quick. I just feel like Allison maybe never really believed that Lori did it. It just, the pacing of it felt really strange. Like there was almost no point in Allison ever thinking that Lori killed Corey. Um, That's my criticism there. And I think that happens when one thing that I was a little worried about when I saw the title credits and I saw there were four writers credited. It's like, oh, this is, <laughs> there's going to be some, some disjointed, you know, things in this. Um, and I think that was one of the examples of that. Um, the fight, I loved it. And what I was alluding to when asking about the trailer is a lot of people were upset because the way the movie was marketed, and I understand why it was marketed this way. This is how you get people to see the damn movie is um, showdown, like you said, between Lori and Michael. And even to the point where I've complained to you about the marketing that I didn't like it that much because it looked like a wrestling match promotion. <laughs> like you just had Lori like slowly turning and you had Michael slowly turning. <laughs> and it's just, there was something about it that wasn't scary to me anymore. Um, but I, I just thought it looked a little silly. But anyway, in the trailer, especially the more recent one that came out a few weeks before the movie, you pretty much see the entire fight. Um, so there's not really a lot of surprises for people who, unfortunately, if they saw that trailer, I never, I, I tried not to pay attention to it whenever it played because I saw a lot of movies in September. So I kept seeing the damn trailer. Um, so I just kind of just paid attention to my queso or something else. Um, but, uh, so that was unfortunate with the trailer. Um, and a lot of people were like, I was expecting it to be this like epic showdown, but there's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I'd want a two hour showdown. Look, mm-hmm. I was fine with it being the very end of the movie. I think there's almost. that mix again of, well, almost the end of the movie. I think there's, um, a miss again, a little bit with, you know, supernatural or not. And I did like that. She slit his wrist and slit his throat. I still don't understand why no one will take his head off i just don't get it but well, um, <laughs> yeah as you know <laughs> they did a little something more uh yeah <laughs> yes at the end of the movie they 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 strap michael to the top of a car and everybody in hanfield down, drives down to the junk shop uh, and and because we saw it earlier, people uh, at the junk shop throwing scrap metal into this machine that like crushes it, grinds it up, spits it out, and we have this long profe- procession of uh, the citizens of Haddonfield, of the survivors. I got one shot of Jabrail Natambu, who played Julian in Halloween 2018. Uh, who is my favorite character in this new quadrilogy because he was the funniest. I could definitely hear Danny McBride's voice coming through this little fucking kid about like, you know, complaining to his uh, babysitter previously. 
like you know you used to be cool we used to be friends and the the sass that came out of this kid i'm like i love him i got him i'm happy i don't have to fucking riot uh, which you know comes in handy and they they take michael and they they place him on a platform toss him into this machine and he gets ground up into fucking pulp so you don't really have to take the head a la and i think i think you 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 like the idea of taking his head because of uh halloween h2o perhaps uh, and, and well, it is maybe a- that is a subconscious thing maybe because i mean the fact that she was like bam over mm-hmm. yeah uh but it turns out not to be over, and then Busta Rhymes does Kung Fu. Go figure. But in this, it's like, oh, that's over for over. <laughs> yeah, they made chicken nuggets, um, basically, <laughs> out of out of Michael Myers. Um, they ground him up. Uh, so I- by that by that rationale, do you wish the the McDonald's ha- Halloween Happy Meal that comes with the busket had some Mikey Myers chicken nugs in there? That would be so funny. That would that would have been very. Clever. I mean, you're a vegetarian, but I don't know, like vet. No, those the veggie Mikey Myers chicken nugs. Yes, that's a great idea. All right, I cool. think um, I can't remember if you had the same reaction, but there was a second where I really thought he was going to pull Lori in the grinder with him. I did. I did. I was like, that. there's just no way. And this whole town's going to watch Lori die in the worst way possible. Uh, <laughs> again, I've been conditioned by the slashers to have that one final scare at the end which this doesn't give us that it gives us the epilogue of Mm -hmm. allison uh leaving haddonfield to go live uh laurie uh finishes her memoir uh frank comes over and perhaps they're going to (gasps) see the blossoms make a little history baby uh with the time that they have left uh, and and off it is sunset on Haddonfield on uh, All Saints Day, if you will, and yeah. uh, and the nightmare is over, so- or is it? <laughs> because yeah. there there is a profit to be made uh, to uh, Blumhouse and other uh, people involved with it, and the fact that the continuity of the Halloween franchise is so ridiculous, uh, but it deals with a thing that I think audiences can handle now of say multiple universes, especially if you're a, a comic book fan, uh, either of the films or of the actual books themselves, that you can deal with multiple realities existing concurrently. You can enjoy the Carpenter Halloween. You can enjoy the Rough House version. You can enjoy the Danielle Harris uh, Cult of Thorn storyline. You can go with the H2O storyline if, you, if you're so inclined. It's, it's a cinematic choose-your-own-adventure. So by that theory, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to ask, what would you like to see for whatever comes next? Well, I'd like to see what happened to Lindsay. I feel like that was a cut scene. I feel like she died and they cut it out of the movie. I'm just putting that in there before we stop talking about Halloween ends. That was so strange. Um, and girl was reading tarot like poker cards. It was so weird. As Uh, someone who doesn't know anything about this real housewife stuff, I got a very brief education that is taking up what I consider to be valuable space in my mind that I could be using for something else. 
Oh, shut up. Anyway, um, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> the compliments are over. I'm done. Um, what would you, I like? Not the real housewives. You're dead to me. <laughs> you could go after so many things, but not my housewives. Um, what would I like to see? I don't know. Cause I, I was happy. Like I said, with Halloween and with Halloween kills and I'm, I'm, I'll come around to ends. Like, I think I'll still, I don't know if it's going to be rewatchable for me. Like, like the other two are, I find Halloween kills to be the most rewatchable. Um, but I'm alone in that camp of, for some reason. Of the entirety? No, 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 no. The, yeah. Just this trilogy. Yeah. This particular, uh, yeah. Just this particular path, this trilogy. Um, what would I like to see? I would like to have, um, it, it, it would be interesting to see Michael in another uh, storyline of different babysitters that have nothing to do with Lori. That is like almost a next generation situation. Um, if, if they want to bring Michael back, but of course don't want to bring anything else uh any other characters that would be kind of cool i don't know what i want to see we've seen so many weird things with this from from what i read in the trivia the akkad estate uh said like michael cannot be killed and granted in this he was so that's why i think uh there's going to be more but it'll be like we're not regarding this this doesn't happen in this universe so the continuity stickler in me the comic book fan in me would love to see John, uh, let's call him Strode, make a comeback, played by Josh Hartnett, and see what happens years later if that character uh, encounters uh, Michael Myers uh, again. I would Uh, love that because I that was one thing I was like damn can you not just like have it be H2O and then and the continuity to for Halloween because I loved uh I loved Josh I love Josh Hartnett anyway I love H2O maybe maybe Michelle Williams can come back as Molly Mm. definitely bring back LL Cool J as Ronnie because he wrote uh, some fantastic erotica it was so funny I loved him um i I wonder as well like like what if they started from scratch but in the modern age babysitter murders but in the time of uh smartphones and what have you and things of that nature or you know fuck it go uh let's let's bring uh michael myers into the season of the witch kind of world and mix it all together you could also do, you know, what Jason and the Leprechaun and everybody has done, either go into space or go into Las Vegas. I feel like there's a Leprechaun movie where he's in Las Vegas or he's in t- some type of casino situation. I could have dreamt uh, I'm not as familiar with the Leprechaun franchise. Uh, I know he goes to space and the hood. And that's all. I yeah, know. the hood was an it was a choice for sure um and yeah and jason goes to space and goes to hell i guess and goes to manhattan michael should go on a tour Mm. midwestern tour (laughs) you know what i'm gonna just throw it out here because uh the right open-minded person might pick it up uh michael versus chucky why not 
That'd be fun. Oh my God. Chucky would be so annoyed because Michael doesn't talk. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. So, you know, if that happens, I expect uh, <laughs> maybe not a check, but I'd like a crew jacket, mm -hmm. uh, an unpaid executive producer credit, uh, and uh, a thermos. And, uh, and you can have, and, and you can take that idea that I just shot, tossed out there uh jason blum and don mancini you're welcome love it <laughs> so chelsea where can the people find you if they won't find you they can find me on twitter and instagram if you type in chelsea bennington i am right there you'll see me and my cat and my tweets <laughs> that's true you can check out spooky doings improv on facebook spooky doings on instagram and i'm at rick goesman 718 on the tweety uh, we'll have information about more podcasts. Uh, Chelsea talked to me about some things that we're not going to talk about on mic as yet, but hopefully somewhere down the road, uh, thanks to the wonderful people of the George A. Romero Foundation, we might be able to get some guests lined up. Go support them because they are wonderful. They're keeping George's legacy alive and uh, helping new filmmakers get cameras in their hands. They're doing the big work. And uh, Suze is a wonderful lady. And, you know, give them some help. Give them a shout out. Give them a follow. They need some of that. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, like, subscribe. Give us that five-star boop. Uh, all of the things. Because that would help us if you tell people, hey, listen to these fun people that love each other and compliment mm -hmm. each other, uh, sometimes backhandedly. Uh, <laughs> have a little laughs in your ear holes. Uh, while you go about your day because you know why the fuck not love it yes yeah. there will be no vaccine misinformation on this podcast because we're not doctors nor do we have hubris exactly yeah nothing nothing of the sort we know exactly what we don't know <laughs> love, love it Chelsea. i love you all right. And to all our uh, listeners, thank you very much. But for the meantime and in between time, stay good, stay healthy, and stay spooky.